Hello, it's Tina Anderson, and this is my monthly podcast, Get Fit, Stay Healthy. This is show number 48, and I know I missed the month of June, but my husband had some big-time surgery, and I needed to dial it in and be there at home for the kids and the family. Results are great, all good, but family comes first, and I'm sure you can appreciate that. So this month, I have a longer podcast, breaking it into basically part one and part two. It's a subject that I covered a while back in San Diego at a weekend conference on fitness. Really good stuff. I'm excited to share it, especially good for beginners or those of you stuck in a rut, but really the information is good for everyone. So no matter where you are, and this might be something you can really share too. I'm hoping that you'll be able to pass this information along to someone that you know needs the help. It's about making fitness fun, effective, and life-changing. So here we go on part one. First though, let's face the facts. Studies on life longevity show that only about 25% of the equation is dictated by our genes. How long you live? 25% basically is what you're given. And that means 75%, I'm not good at math, but I can figure this one out. 75% is determined by how we live our lives, our lifestyles, the choices we make every day. Oh my goodness, that's profound. There's probably about 20 different serious medical conditions such as diabetes and all the heart diseases and everything related that are often a result of being obese or overweight. So once we look at that and the effect on our lives, treating these conditions, of course, increases our medical and insurance costs, and it it just costs all of us more money in our time, in our frustration, the way it affects our families. So If you are not making being fit and being strong and being healthy a priority, why not? 75% of the way you live affects your life longevity, being around for the people you love. So what I want to talk about today is finding a way to make it more fun and more effective and life-changing for everyone. If you know someone that isn't in this category, they're not already doing it, this is critical. And this might be just good for you to hear, just to remind you you're doing things the right way. I am going to ask you questions, and the answers will give you solutions. So if you can, grab a pen or a pencil and some paper. That would be great. If not, then you can do it later. So how do we begin this? How do we make fitness more fun and life-changing? First and foremost, the easiest way to get started, especially if you tell me you hate to exercise. I've heard that. I know. First and foremost, move naturally. Be active without even thinking about it. Let me say this again. Find what you're doing in your daily activities that you can enhance by moving more or moving faster or doing more of it. Enhance movement with what you're already doing. So here is your question as we start out. How can you move and or move more naturally in what you're doing? For example, This one is obvious, getting the mail. What about walking faster if your mailbox is further away or doing lunges on the way? Or what about if you decide at the mailbox you automatically do 10 squats before you get the mail or you do lunges to and from the mailbox? I know that sounds silly, but it does start to work. Do you have steps or stairs in your house? Just decide that you're going to make at least 20 trips up and down the steps every day or start with 10, or whatever, add to what you normally do. What about hallways at work? Do you have long hallways? 
then walk up and down those hallways more. I don't care if people look at you at work, get over yourself. You can let them know you're getting some extra exercise in. Maybe someone will join you. Do you have a big building you can walk around? Do you have stairs to your office instead of the elevator? Of course, you've heard that. But what about this? What about several round trips on the stairs up to your office or down? It's so easy just to add simple ways to move more. Shopping carts, hello, we've heard this one before, and it is absolutely true. What I want you to do is park further away, and I want you to move faster with your shopping cart, and I want you to find three to five people you can help out by taking their cart back for them, especially seniors, right, or a mom with a bunch of kids. Just commit to three to five every time you shop or more. All these things are so simple, and you can actually get started with your fitness just moving more so in what you do, okay? So your question is, how can I move a little bit more in my daily activities? Squats, lunges, jumping jacks, whatever it is. You have groceries, heavy bag, lift them up and down five times before you put them on the counter. Don't shake your head. It works. Just start moving more, okay? All right, so that's number one. Second, do what you like and what's convenient, I cannot tell you how many people I come across that say, oh, I need to lose weight. I'm going to start running. My question is, do you like to run? Uh, No, I hate running. Well, then why would you choose running? Because you've heard it burns a lot of calories. If you're not going to do it and you're going to hate it and you'll probably get injured, that's a bad choice. What about this? Oh, I found this gym. It's, I just got the great, the best deal. I can get a full year for $49.95. Okay, but the gym is 20 minutes away one way. So are you going to go? If you find a gym that's 20 minutes away or whatever with a low monthly rate or a killer discount, fantastic if you'll go. But is 20 minutes too far? Is it 20 minutes drive time? Is it crowded when you're going to go? Does it have all the stuff you want? Having worked in gyms and clubs from private to giant for over 26 years, I can tell you that a huge percentage of members never use the facility or hardly ever, making that low killer rate a complete waste of money. What about working out at home? It's an awesome alternative if you feel self-conscious and you really don't want to share everybody's sweat in the gym if you just you don't want to put on tight-fitting clothes or whatever it is. That's a great alternative. If you'll stay consistent on your own, then that's the key. If you'll push play. Now, again, I'm saying do what you like and what's convenient, but that might be really convenient for you. You might not love it as much, but it's something that you could do. Maybe you need a PIC, a partner in crime, like a friend, a relative, a neighbor, or a coworker to keep you going and make it fun. So here's your question. What kinds of activities do you like to do and what would be convenient? Here is what I want you to think about, and this will lead you to your answer. Are you a social person? Do you like groups, like a gym, like, like group fitness, or working out at a running club or something with a group? Do you prefer solo, like bodybuilding, weight training, cardio equipment with your headphones on? Do you prefer to have music with your workout and not just your own? Again, group fitness or the music blasting in the gym. Do you like to be inside or would you prefer to be outside like hiking or walking or climbing or biking? Are you competitive? Tennis, racquetball, or something that gets those competitive juices going might be something that you would like and look forward to, especially if you can find something that's convenient. If you're not competitive, don't pick something that's going to make you feel self-conscious about losing. Climate or terrain plays a part in it. Do you live somewhere where you only have certain months of the year to be outside? 
or do you have hills right around your house, but you like being outside? You have an issue there because you could get injured going up and down hills all the time. You've got to take that into consideration, even if it is convenient, even if you love it. So you might want to put that into your workout and then drive somewhere just around the corner or somewhere where you can get to flat terrain if you want to be outside. Again, in your home or in a gym. What about a studio, a dance or a community center? That has a different vibe than a gym, a giant gym, a small gym. Do you like to dance? Dance classes or group fitness again, choreography. Or do you like just something that's basically fitness oriented? You can still take classes, but you have to choose the right kind. If you get bored easily, then a class might be good for you. So if you look at running or biking or something like that that's outside, you could balance that with something inside. But if you hate being inside, don't join a gym. You're not going to want to be inside. Do you like to zone out than like Pilates or yoga or something like that? Or do you like to think more than, again, the group fitness or something that has choreography? Do you have any injuries or disabilities that will hold you back or create an issue? Think about that as well. You have a lot to think about. What you like to do, who you want to be around, how you want your environment to be, what's convenient, what can you get to? Will you drive somewhere? Will you put on a bunch of gear? Will you find a bike path, a running path, a walking path? Or does it need to be something that you can do immediately before you sit on the couch? Okay, those are the things you need to answer in order to start making this part of your lifestyle and life changing so that you'll do it conveniently all the time, consistently, and make it part of your life. Now, talking about consistency, this is really important, and this is the next part. Effective and functional workouts become more enjoyable, and that's what creates consistency, and that's what gets you results. And I often get asked how one knows if the activity is worthwhile or effective. So if you want to get into fun, effective, and life-changing fitness, you're going to want to know if what you're doing is making sense because you're going to feel good about it, right? So here are the answers. And if any of them match your experiences, you're probably doing effective workouts. Jot down some of the ones you're missing and... That way you can fill in the blanks. I don't want you to waste your time, and in most cases you're not, but I really want you to pinpoint the areas in which you could maybe improve and the areas in which you're doing well. So here's how to know you're not wasting your time because you feel strong and empowered in general. You realize all of a sudden that your stress levels have decreased or disappeared. You can pick up heavier weights or you can run longer or faster or walk longer or faster, or bike longer or faster, or go up hills. You look better, you look stronger, or you feel stronger, or you feel more fit, or you look more fit, or healthier. And even if you're not at your ideal size or shape, your body is telling you that it's changing. And that's a critical distinction because your shape and size and scale weight might not make you happy in the beginning, but you have to give your body time to adjust and change it. And you've got to recognize those changes by the way you feel as well. So you stay on track. We all look for dramatic physical changes, but the bigger picture of what is transforming is critical to stay motivated. So how do you make fitness fun and effective and life-changing? Well, you make sure that you know what you're doing is effective. And those are the areas that you're looking for. Now, related to that, here's a good example. Okay, so you ever see someone in a gym and they're wandering around, they're watching other people, they're not really doing anything? Or maybe you've done that. Like you stand there and you see someone do something that looks really interesting and they have great arms. So you think to yourself, oh, they have great biceps. I think I should do that exercise. And then you run over and you kind of grab a dumbbell and you sort of pump it, lift it, whatever, and you put it back down. Then you sort of, hmm, now what? You know, I've seen it happen all the time. You know what? That person that you're looking at that's doing whatever exercise, 
they might have great genetics. They might have been lifting for years or doing whatever they're doing and, and being very consistent. The average, quote, superstar in a gym probably has hundreds of possible variations in emotional and physical configurations that could have created his or her results. I'm that way. I've been doing workouts since 19, basically constructive workouts since the mid 80s. I have a lot of experience there. So I could pick one thing that day that's kind of odd because it makes sense. And if you're looking at me that day and thinking I should be doing that, look at her arms, it doesn't, it doesn't work for you. So unless you have a lot of time and the other individual as well to learn history and training protocols, forget about it. Focus on what you need and either hire a trainer, take classes because instructors typically are trained to give you well-rounded workouts, do your own research for more specific goals. Because the good news is there are general guidelines that indicate you are on the right track, but if you want to get into something really specific, there's always a way to do it via Google research or hiring someone. So it does depend on your goals in general. However, in looking at the overall picture and what this podcast is about today, and that is making fitness fun, effective, and life-changing, there are some amazing indicators during your workouts that will help you know wow, I am doing something effective. I can stay with this. I'm doing it the right way. And now I can grow in my consistency. So if you've experienced any of what I'm going to list in the next couple seconds during your workouts, you're on the right track. Okay. You're on the right track. Are you ready? There's a lot of them here. Oxygen deficit, a very slight change in your breathing to being completely out of breath. If you're getting out of breath, you're doing it right. It's by far the number one way that you're going to know, because even if you lift heavy weights, that's not cardio, but it kind of becomes cardio. I don't even like to use the term cardio. People ask me, how much cardio do you do? I'm like, I, I teach spin three times a week, but I'm coaching half the time. I get my cardio through my core work and through just training hard. I don't go out and do cardio. I'm, that's not me. I can't do long, arduous kinds of kind of low intensity workouts because my body breaks down anyway. Okay. Oxygen deficit. Now you feel comfortable, but invigorated to uncomfortable to very uncomfortable during the activity and any pain associated with the movement. It's not in your knees, your back or your neck. It's muscular. It's cardiovascular fatigue. Of course, to be expected, the burn, the lactic acid, but injury pain isn't there. And the weird thing is the very uncomfortable starts to become kind of fun. I know you're not believing me, right? Some of you, but trust me. The activity includes any of the three, aerobic, like walking, jogging, swimming, biking, hiking, consistently without stopping and starting. Uh, there's resistance exercise involved, such as weight training using dumbbells, bands, machines, or just your own body weight, like push-ups and pull-ups, Spider-Mans and planks. Or you've got mind-body balance training going on like yoga and Pilates. Any of those three types of activities means you're doing something right. The activity lasts 30 to 60 minutes and you do it at least five times a week. Now, let me qualify that before those of you that are beginners go, what? Are you freaking kidding? Here's the good news. Studies have found that working out for 15 minutes a day has a positive impact. 15 friggin' minutes a day. So you could break up three five-minute sessions during the day and get benefit. Do not tell me that you cannot do three five-minute segments in a day if you're a beginner or if you, quote, hate to work out. Don't even begin to tell me that because I'm not going to listen to that. And you shouldn't tell yourself that either. You work up to 30, 40, whatever. I have 30-minute workouts. I have 20-minute 
workouts. I'll take whatever I can sometimes. Am I going to bust my ass in 30 minutes? Oh yeah. 60 minutes, maybe not quite as much. Okay. But the activity lasts typically 30 to 60 minutes and you're doing something five times a week. More? Sure. There should be a, a rest day, but three times a week? Sure. I'll take it. I'll take anything. Okay. I'm not hardcore. I just want you moving. Okay. Let's move on. If you get sore occasionally, occasionally from the exercise, but the soreness goes away after a few days. If you're sore for three days or sore as in, I feel like I just played the Super Bowl or I was hit by a runaway truck, that's not good. You've basically injured yourself. And in that scenario, and I've done it and most of us have, there's a huge downside. There's several. And it's not a good one for beginners or those of you who claim to, quote, hate working out. Because you'll probably skip workouts out of necessity because you're too sore and you're injured or you'll injure yourself. And that gets you what? It gets you off track and inconsistent. That is not good. Not good at all. So yes, occasionally you get sore when you change something up, you work out harder, but soreness where you can't walk, you can't sit on the toilet. I know, trust me, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. And even guys, uh, no, we don't want to get to that point. If you do, it was by mistake. Don't try not to do it again. Okay, you need to increase your intensity and or time in the activity, either because you have more energy or because you're not challenged enough anymore. That's an amazing sign that you're doing something right. How about this? You function better in your daily activities, such as getting out of bed, carrying groceries or heavy items, playing with your kids, walking your dog, having sex. What? It's true. Come on. The stuff you do all the time, or I hope for you, some of you, some of the time, the stuff that requires your body to function well, you'll start to notice that you do it better or something doesn't hurt as much or it's easier. It starts to happen if you're exercising the right way or even partially, or if you're just moving, you'll probably find this. And finally, I want to address this issue of, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I'm probably doing it wrong. I'm probably going to hurt myself, blah, blah, blah. Listen, whatever you're doing, even if it's not right, it's probably having some sort of positive effect. I have to add my take on this doing it right syndrome because I don't want you to skip something altogether because you're afraid of doing it wrong or hurting yourself. Now, even if you're doing something slightly wrong, you'll probably get benefits for the most part. Of course, I'm not advocating complete chaos and abandon in the gym. That would be ridiculous. And as a trainer, I would never say that. I've seen some crazy stuff in my years, and only on maybe three to five occasions did I feel like I absolutely had to intervene due to safety issues. Most of the time, the stuff is, um, you know, it's a bit antiquated, and albeit maybe slightly not the best approach and actually kind of funny looking, but it looks like the individual enjoyed it. I've seen people doing ab work that is, to me just kind of a waste of time and maybe not great for your back, but I don't think it's hurting them. And they're doing something. They're probably getting out of breath. They're probably working their stomach. It might not be the most effective way. Okay. I'm trying to help you get more effective. But what I'm also saying is even if you're not there yet, do something. So I'm not trying to contradict myself here. I'm just trying to talk about an issue, the white elephant, which is, yes, I want you to be more effective and I'm going to help you get there. But don't not do something because you don't know. Get in there and just start moving. We're not training for the Olympics for Pete's sake, right? So you are ahead of the game in relation to your fellow couch potato who is still sitting on the couch if you're in the gym doing something, albeit sort of goofy. I'm sure there are some trainers and instructors who would disagree, but I say move your body. 
And let me tell you something else. Many exercises that we have called contraindicated have turned out to be okay or good. And many that we thought were great, we found out aren't. Science and research does that. Something that is unsafe for me might not be completely unsafe for you. It might be fine right? All of our bodies are different. So use your judgment and common sense. Ask questions. If you can get a book, Google, hire a trainer again, if you really want to work out with someone knowledgeable and or experienced in the area of your interest, if you're really that concerned. But I really want to be clear that the podcast is about making fitness fun, life-changing and effective. But that means that you've got to start somewhere. So even if what you're doing, you don't, you might not know if it's truly 100% the most efficient way. But if some of the stuff I just mentioned is happening, then you're probably doing something right. So keep doing something. I'm ending this now as part one of making fitness fun, effective and life-changing. And I'm going to stop the podcast and we're going to start up again in a brand new podcast, which you can download and add to this for part two, where we get into the fun factor the battle itself, and the wrap-up and review, and the motivational talk. So I'll be right back with much more in part two.